0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Hello, for those of you who don't know me, my name is John, I'm married to Hannah. We have two kids, Ellen who is four, Ben, who is two, and we've got a baby boy on the way in the next few weeks. As pastors in the church, we are taking um, responsibility for growing it into our own hands. And I am super excited to be with you today at C3 Church Online, and I'm excited to be here because we're going to spend some time in God's Word, and I believe that God wants to speak into your heart today. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak into each and every heart right now. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in a series exploring what it means to live like Jesus. And today, I'm going to unpack an important question. What is a cause worth living for? Many of you will have pondered this question, even if you have worded it slightly differently. You might have thought, or well, what's life all about? Or you might have simply thought, well, why? And as a parent of two under fives, I am increasingly finding that they like to dialogue with their father. And that is preacher speak for they argue with me, their father. And I have found myself then saying things to them that I remember hearing as a child A classic example is around why questions. Here's how why questions go in my family life. It'll start like this. Daddy, why do I have to do it? Why do I have to go to bed? Why do I need to brush my teeth? Why can't cars fly? Why, why, why? And sometimes I will try to flood their brains with the most scientific, philosophical, or biological answers that I can muster. And then other times, when I'm feeling a little bit weary, I hear the words come out of my mouth that I think every parent has said at some point. will not you go ahead and write them in the chat and say it with me. Because I said so. Why? We start asking that question as kids, and as we grow older, we chase its root to, Why am I here? What is my purpose? In truth, I think most, if not all of us, want to find a purpose or a cause worth living for. And in living like Jesus, we discover that there is a cause worth living for. But maybe today you are feeling a little lost, a little unsure about the direction of your life. But I want to encourage you, if that's you today, to keep listening Because as we go through this message, not only are we gonna discover there is a cause worth living for, in the second part of my message, I'm gonna give you four steps on how we can connect with the cause of Christ. But Let's start by discovering the cause. What is worth living for? What is the meaning and purpose of life? There's a whole book in the Bible that is actually devoted to this question. The book is called Ecclesiastes. And the book has two main characters. But fine, if you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, you have got the author, and then you've got a second character whose observations sort of fill the majority of the book. He might be best visualized as an old critic. And so the writer, the author, he is presenting the words of the critic before he goes on to give his own closing summary. So let's dive into a little bit of the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does one gain from all his, his labour which he toils under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and it hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All the streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place where the streams come from, there they return again. There's a flavour of Ecclesiastes. You might be thinking, wow John. That is some discouraging stuff. I thought you were going to talk to me about the meaning and a purpose worth living for. Well, I want to invite you just to track with me for a couple of minutes as we begin to explore Ecclesiastes a little bit further. Meaningless, that word that we read several times in this passage and continues to appear through the book of Ecclesiastes, in the original Hebrew in which it was written is the word hevel. And meaningless is A best attempt translation, but it's one that falls well short of giving us the full picture. In fact, hevel might be better thought of as vapour. Think about vapour for a minute. The, The steam coming from your morning cup of coffee. Or maybe your breath on that cold morning. It's there. You can see it. It's definitely there. But you go to grab, you go to reach it, and you open your hand again, and it is gone, And this is what the point of the book of Ecclesiastes is trying to show us. It's trying to show us that all the things that we can end up chasing after in life are a little bit like vapor. So we could live for money and riches, but one day we're all going to die and we're not going to be able to take it with us. Or we could live for good times, but Friday night always turns into Monday morning or we could live for popularity and status, but once we're gone out of the picture, they're gonna find a new hero. So we can live our life chasing after things and living for causes, a little bit like chasing vapor. We, We reach for it, we grab for it, but we can never grab hold of it. It's so fleeting that it can't be grasped to give meaning and purpose to our life. And here's where I want to introduce you so what the Bible reveals is a cause worth living for. We find a key, actually, a few chapters later in the book of Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, we find this phrase, which is going to act like a little bit of a key for us in unpacking this. It says there, he, talking about God, has also set eternity in the human heart. And a cause worth living for is wrapped up in something bigger than my time here on earth. Finding meaning comes with connecting with God's eternal plans. Jesus, remember we're in a series living like Jesus, had these words to say in Matthew six, verse 19. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven Where moths and vermin do not destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Can you hear the, the echoes in Jesus' words of the book of Ecclesiastes? Storing up treasures on earth, trying to find meaning and purpose through them, when instead we could be storing up treasure, we could be finding true meaning and purpose through storing up treasure in heaven. Storing up treasures in heaven then. What does that mean for us? Well, we find the answer to that in seeing the heart of Christ. What does God value? Here's just two verses I've chosen to give us a snapshot of what is on God's heart. Here's a a well-known verse in the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What about this? Luke chapter 4 verse 18. This is Jesus. He's standing up one day and he's really announcing what his mission and purpose is. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. See, the heart of God is directed in compassion toward people. I want you to hear this loud and clear for you in your life today. God loves you and he is passionate about you. The heart of God is directed in compassion and love towards people. Jesus said of himself, he said, my purpose was to serve. He came to serve. He came to give his life so that humanity wouldn't be lost in their own selfish, sinful living, but they could have life and connect with God and have a relationship with Him because Jesus came and He gave His life on the cross, so that through Him we could find life. If we want to find a cause worth living for, we've got to start living like Jesus. And here are two things that are going to be key to that. Number one, we need to be people who love God. You will not find wholeness and peace outside of receiving God's gift of salvation just talked about the work of Jesus on the cross. We get a free gift that we get to receive by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. We get a fresh start. We get to receive hope into our lives. We get to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We will not find peace and wholeness outside of connecting in relationship with God. We've gotta be people who love God. But if that's the first step and purpose starts by loving God, it definitely continues in loving others, having received that gift, having put our faith and trust in Jesus, we've got to be people who start living for the mission of Christ. And Jesus Christ was very clear about his mission for us, his followers. After he rises from the dead, just before he ascends into heaven, he gives his disciples, and therefore us, his followers, a very clear mission, and no surprise. It's all around people. This is what it says in Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth is being given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's a clear mission. He's saying to us, go tell people. Go tell them the good news. Go tell them that there is hope. Go tell them there is a fresh start. Go tell them that there is a saviour who loves them. Our purpose, a cause worth living for in our lives, it's found in knowing Jesus and reaching people with his love and the message of his good news. So we've discovered that cause. But how can we make sure that we are connected with that cause? How can we make sure that we are people who've committed our lives to follow a cause that is worth living for? That we're not somehow chasing after vapor in our lives, but we are actually storing up treasures in heaven. How can we make sure that we have a life of meaning? Well, as promised, here are four points that will help us to connect with the cause of Christ and whether you have been on this journey following Jesus for one day or 10 years I know that these points if you begin to meditate on them think on them apply them to your life ask God where he wants you to grow in these areas I believe with a surety that they're going to continue to help you grow no matter what season you are in they're going to help you to go deeper in your relationship with God. Number one We need to come see and go tell. We just read from Matthew 28. But if you backtrack a few verses, we find that Mary, Mary and Martha are heading to the tomb. They're expecting to find Jesus' dead body. But they get there and they find that the grave is empty. And as they turn to leave, they are met by an angel. And this is what he says to them in chapter 6. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There will you, you will see him. Now I have told you. So we've got to be people who come and see and go and tell. In a nutshell, that really describes what it means for us to be people who follow Christ. We've got to come and see and go and tell. What does that mean? Come and see. That means we've got to get to know God better. That comes in our devotional life. That comes as we pray. That comes as we read God's word, as we rest in his presence. Come on, church. We've got to be people that come and see that are spending time with God so important. We've got to come and see, but then we've got to go and tell. That means that what we have discovered about Jesus in our life, what I have discovered to be true as Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, that he has changed my life, that he has brought light and hope into the darkest moments of my life, that he has been faithful in every season, that he is my Lord and King, the Things Church, that we have discovered about God. They are not meant for us to hold to ourselves. They are meant for us to come and see, but then quickly go and tell our world that there's a Saviour who loves them, that there's hope and a new life in Jesus Christ. We've got to be people who come and see and go tell. Then number two, we need to fix our focus. Let me read to you from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Verse 1, the writer says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Please hear this with kindness and compassion, but equally with clarity. I believe for some of us, God wants to challenge us to fix our focus. You might have been living your life chasing vapors. You might have been filling barns on the earth. Well, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. It's time to fix your focus. It's time to fix your focus on Jesus. Deep down, you know the Holy Spirit's prompting you about something, even as I share right now. And you know that you've made your life about something other than God and fulfilling his purpose in your life. Something other, other than about his mission. And you might have found success in your life. And that's good. Success isn't bad. I believe God wants us to be successful in many areas. But I believe God is more interested, not that we live a life of success, but we live a life of significance. Is it significant what I'm building? Does it have eternal consequence? And I want to challenge you, it's time to fix your focus. The writer of Hebrews, he said, I've got to let go of some things. Because they're really holding me back from running with clarity, with one eye, with one vision, after the things that God has called me to do. And so I believe God's saying to you, you might need to let go of some things right now. There might be a toxic relationship that you need to let go of. There might need to be a misaligned priority in your life that needs to go. So you can say, no, I'm letting go of that. I'm throwing it down, and I'm going to run with a fixed focus after the things of Jesus. We need to be people who have fixed our focus. We need to allow God to become our number one priority. And I believe that is a challenge for each and every one of us who call ourselves Christ followers. Number three, we need to build the kingdom. You know, part of the Lord's Prayer, it says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. As Christ follows, we are called to be kingdom people. That means we are called to bring something of the eternal kingdom of God here, right now, into the setting where God has placed us. Now, I used a lot of Bible speak there, so let me try and make that a bit real for you today. That means whatever your position, whatever your workplace, whatever prison it is you find yourself in today, shout out to all of you watching and listening in the prisons today, whatever your family... Whatever your school, wherever God has placed you today, if you know Jesus Christ, you follow him as your Lord and Saviour. He's living and working inside of you and you are called to bring something of Christ into your setting today. You are called to bring something of the kingdom into your current reality. That means you can speak differently. That means that you can act honestly, you can pay fairly if you're in business, you can be kind, you can be different at school. You can bring healing and restoration into the hurt and division in your family. Why? Because if Jesus is inside of you, you're a kingdom person called to bring a taste of God's kingdom into your reality right now. And I want to encourage you. Go forward and be a kingdom person. Bring something of God's kingdom through your life, through your example, through the way you live, you're called to bring something of the kingdom of God into your world. Number four, and finally, build his church. We should be passionate about the church because Jesus is passionate about the church. Jesus says in Matthew 16, he says, I will build my church. It's his church. And I do not believe we can claim to fully Connected with a cause worth living for and be ambivalent about building the church. Why? Because I believe with a certainty that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world and he has chosen primarily to reveal himself through the church. So he said, I will build my church. So that means that when you are part of a team, when you are involved in building the church, when you are moderating chat, When you are leading your group on Zoom, when you are helping to create great content, or if you ever end up in a physical location and you're serving in any number of roles, you are not just getting a job done. You are accepting an invitation from Jesus Christ himself to be a collaborator, to be involved in his redemptive plan for the world. This is big stuff. This is exciting stuff. This is a privilege that Christ has invited us to play our part in building the church. And so I want to encourage you, see what you're doing as having major impact. This has eternal consequence. And if you're not playing your part in building the church yet, right now, make a decision that you are going to get involved. You are going to play your part. You're going to receive that invitation from Jesus and enact it in your life. Just drop us a DM. There's so many ways you can get involved. And we would love to help guide you into a place where you can have impact and build the church and build Christ's church as we go through that journey together. Hey, I'm going to close there. But I want to tell you there is a great cause. There is a great cause worth living for. And it comes as we stop chasing after vapors and we make a decision that we're going to start living like Jesus. Come on, church. We've got a real mission to be about. We've got an exciting purpose to live for. We've got things to do. We've got people to reach. We've got a mission that Christ has given us. Come on, let's go. I want to finish my message. I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to make that decision right now. You don't have to put it off to another time. Now is the moment. How do you do that? Well, the Bible says we confess with our mouth. We believe in our heart. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead us in a prayer. It's a prayer that says, Jesus, I receive your gift of salvation. I make you the Lord of my life. And I want to encourage you to pray that wherever you are today. If you can pray it out loud, pray it out loud. If that's not possible, pray it in your heart. But tell someone you've made that decision. You've chosen to follow Jesus and receive God's gift of salvation. Receive a fresh start. Receive a moment to start your life afresh living with Jesus as your Lord. Join me as I pray this wherever you are today. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me. I give you my life. Forgive me for when I've lived in selfish, sinful ways. I wanna live for you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that today, I want you to let us know. Won't you just drop a comment into the chat, say, yes, I prayed that. If you're in prison, Write us a letter, you'll get the address come up. Wherever you are, tell someone, I chose, I made the greatest decision ever to follow Jesus as my Lord. And I'm going on a journey that is so exciting because I've got a course worth living for.